hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. And of course, Apple Podcasts, you could also call it iTunes, I suppose. The Minnesota Wild have continued their winning ways. They continue to make comebacks. They win in shootouts. And hey, Minnesota Wild 3-0 and in the past week. Not to mention, right in the hunt for the playoffs. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm pretty surprised considering what an awful start this team had. Yes, he had the bad road uh, start to the season, but you know how it always makes up and everything. Everything's relative. You end up getting more home games later in the season because it's, well, it's 50-50. And that's why Bill Guerin was like, we can't use that as an excuse or anything. And hey, if you actually play well on the road, take advantage of it because you've been playing freaking awesome at home. And All right, well, Minnesota... Playing awesome at home and playing well on the road. Nice, amazing <laughs> accomplishment, I think, beating Florida with all that offense. Uh, most recently, that was pretty spectacular stuff. And Capo Kakinen, what an amazing performance that was. Uh, Hunter Jones, similar game in the OHL, but for Kakinen to do it in the NHL, facing like almost 50 shots, pretty freaking great coming out with the victory. So, spectacular week for the Minnesota Wild. We're back in playoff contention. Um, Some of you might be happy, some of you might not be. It's fun to be competitive. It's fun to have a winning record, which the Wild do right now with with a 13 and 11 and 4. 13, 11, 4 overtime slash shootout losses along the way, which of course you get a point out of it. Yay. Uh, That's how it is. Minnesota is fifth place in the Central Division. A point ahead of Nashville, five points ahead of Chicago, which is obviously our arch nemesis regardless of what the record is, because certain players on that team always find a way to score against us. But, uh, actually even beat the Dallas Stars recently. That was great. Things started out with Ottawa on Black Friday, and it was like the most boring start ever. Uh, but then again, was it? It was boring in terms of the fact the Wild couldn't score. We were getting chance after chance after chance, about 20 shots in the first period against uh, Anders Nielsen. Uh, I almost called him and- Anders Lee. No, Anders Nielsen of the Ottawa Senators, of course, former... Vancouver Canuck goaltender and all that good stuff. But uh, And then once the Wilds started scoring, it was just game on. The Wilds went ape crap and tore this team a new one. It looked like a typical frustrating matinee game, a 3 o'clock start, Black Friday. Here we go again. We're going to lose at home in a matinee game to a team that's not as good as us. You know, I mean, even though their, their record isn't that bad, but they don't really score a whole lot of goals. Their goaltending is not real good. They're just not, there's just not a whole lot there. They're rebuilding. They have a a couple of good players, a couple of guys, few the for the future, and, and, and uh, another guy who stepped up, who was pretty mediocre most of his career, and Claudio, who has stepped up big time, Jean Gabriel there. Uh, Brady Tachuk would score early with a Parisi type of goal. He's obviously a very physical player, multiple hits in the game, six hits in the game. Brady Tachuk got into it with Kevin Fiala. Entertaining matchup there with those two kind of going at it a little bit. Chris Tierney, the former San Jose Shark, blah, blah, blah. But really a team that's just kind of pieced together to be, I don't know, just to be there for now and kind of work in the rebuild and all that. So, I mean, nothing really special about the Vancouver Canucks. And Anders Nilsson went from a goalie who was stopping everything to a goalie who was getting beat over and over and over and over. So it ended up being a very positive Black Friday for Minnesota. Jason Zucker's been piling up the points. He's actually tied with Eric Stahl for the team lead in overall points now. 10 goals in the season, 19 total. Stahl at 19. Zach Parisi just continuing the surge. 12 goals to lead the entire club. 5 assists, which he would pick up one against, uh, for, uh, against Florida with Susie. 
this past week. One of his few five assists this year, so to speak. Parisi's just been attacking the net. But again, getting a couple of assists recently, finally, for him. Cunning would get a, a, a empty net goal for his sixth of the year against Florida. And hey, it was a pretty nice shot. Uh, Victor Rask, very solid in these games. Happy with him as the fourth-line center, but again, we'll just keep coming back to the contract. I mean, is he worth $4 million a year to be a fourth-line center? That's the thing. I mean, he's been a good fourth-line center. He's doing his job, I guess, and that's all she wrote. Conan would get his fifth goal this season against the Ottawa Senators. Again, the floodgates would just open after Ottawa would take a 1-0 and a 2-1 lead. Brady Tuchuk, that was the second goal of the game for Brady Tuchuk at the end of the day that got things going in the positive direction for the Senators. Which also, again, had fans frustrated. 2-1 to one <laughs> deficit to Ottawa. And again, Nielsen stopping so many shots. Again, uh, Ryan Donato was able to get one unassisted, kind of getting off the turnover there and making a move on Nielsen to get things going, tying things up midway through the second period. To think it took half the game to score, you're like, man, it's about time. But it's a tie. Brady the Chuck just a minute later would put it in. Spurgeon, who again now is going to be lost for a couple of weeks as of the Florida game, along with Kwaivu. That's frustrating. <clears throat> well, he'd get his third goal of the year. Parisi, again, a classic goal there with Fiala getting the puck on net. And this is where the Chuck and Fiala kind of went at it. But Parisi, his classic, you know, up-close goal there. Cunning. And Ryan Hartman just rifling the shot on net. At the end of the day, Brodeen somehow got an assist there. But no, I, I understand getting the puck to Hartman. And again, it's just one of those kind of goals. You just put the puck on net and you got a shot. And that's all there is. You, you never know. Maybe, maybe, maybe your shot just fooled him somehow, some way. Or he just wasn't ready for it or whatever. Slow reaction. Ryan Hartman, third goal of the year. Appreciated that very much. This was a nice, easygoing game in the second half. Again, the first half, the Wild got... You know, so many shots on net and nothing was going in. It was so frustrating. There were some good chances. Nielsen, it was just one of those games where Nielsen can't be this good. And then finally things broke through. Wild wind up getting the job done against Anders Nielsen. And Alex Stalock just continued to hold strong. Stopped 33 of 35. Very solid performance for Alex Stalock, who again... He's a guy who's capable of having really good games, and then he has these kind of gaff-type goals. I mean, you could say that about any goalie. Obviously, Dubnik has given up some yucky goals the last couple of years as he's declined gradually this year much more rapidly, unfortunately. We'll see what happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of the off-ice, we'll call them, uh, distractions, issues with his wife's health, unfortunately, God, God bless her and him, uh, might have had something to do with it. I mean, your mind is not going to be the same. You're, you're a goalie out there with a puck, coming at you with all at all different directions, different angles. Your concentrations your concentration just simply can't be the same, no matter how good you are. And I wouldn't be surprised if that had to do with it, but at the same time, the last couple of years, Dubnik has declined a bit. Anders Nilsson has not been a bad goalie, really. He's never been bad, but I mean I feel bad but I mean he gave up seven goals in this one. The Wild definitely came out with an energy and a spark and it was uh Definitely a wonderful thing. Minnesota getting to 500 over uh, with a victory over Ottawa. It's amazing, too, how in hockey, you can be really close to 500 and you're a last place team. It's pretty crazy. Uh, back in the old days, you could be like 15 games below 500 and be in the playoffs. It's pretty weird how hockey has changed so dramatically the last several years. Back in the old Norris division and such with the Blues and the Blackhawks, not that things have changed there now with the Central division. But they certainly were different with the Northwest for an extended period of time. Wild wrap up the month of November. 500 with a 500 record, which is great. Uh, not the month of November because they actually were above 500, but uh, after an awful start to the season in October. But um, <clears throat> they wrap up the month with an overall 500 record. 
Now you get the Dallas Stars coming home. Uh, Miko Koivu celebrating a 700th point. Big, big milestone for him. And then now it's a 1,000th game coming up. Uh, pretty exciting stuff indeed. Pretty exciting indeed. Uh, awesome day for Miko Koivu. 700 points would wind up with his, uh, wind up getting an assist on his 700th total point in the National Hockey League. Alex Stalock would have another good, solid game. Though again, not a good goal given up on the second one. That's where a lot of Wild fans were kind of like, oh boy, we're going to find a way to lose this one, aren't we? Because we almost always lose to the Dallas Stars. That was on the Comeo goal. Just kind of wrapped the puck around from a distance. Just again, similar to Ryan Harmon, putting the puck on it and it went right through its legs. Uh, just Stalock not ready for that one. That was kind of devastating. With about six minutes remaining in the game, he thought, we're screwed. Again, after Kevin Fiala, nice goal there. Basically off his skate as he's coming to the net. I mean, one way or another, if you can put the puck in, put it in. He, there was no room for him to use his stick. So as he was kind of sliding into the net, of course, Fiala did not kick it in. It just deflected in. And if you're going to score, you're going to score. Kevin Fiala's sixth goal of the season on the power play on a good play from Parisi. And Koivu actually was the main guy really setting this thing up. Parisi would get the second assist, but Koivu, there was the milestone point for the aforementioned Miko Koivu, who again has had uh, a wonderful career. I'm going to talk about Miko Koivu right now. Again, so far in this season, two goals, 10 assists, and again, 700 total points on Koivu's career. He also did get his 1,000th game as well, all at the same time, actually. Pretty spectacular against the Dallas Stars. I don't know why I said coming up. That was the one right here. That's what I meant to say, actually. Uh, 28 games, obviously, 1,001 against the Florida Panthers. Now he's going to miss a game or two. He's, he's kind of day-to-day, lower body injury. It's actually quite uncertain what it is. And you know how they are in hockey. They cover things up at ankle. Maybe his knee's bugging him a little bit. But when I want to talk about Miko Cuevo again is, you know, I mean, sometimes I'm... Sometimes I don't say the nicest things about him, like he's slow, he's old, he's past his prime, it's going to be nice when his contract's up, and it's like, you know, the way the guy has come back this season from an ACL injury, which was fairly late in the year last year, I'd have to say, fairly late in the year, if this was basketball, if, if Miko Cuevo was an NBA player, you know, he would still be out, he'd probably still be out maybe the rest of the season. I mean, look at a lot of NBA players, they, they just don't come back, and I'm not going to say NBA players don't work hard, I'm sure they work hard, but I think hockey players work harder. Um, you can't say, oh, you know, well, basketball, they need their knees so much, they rely on their speed and, and this and that and jumping. But you think hockey players don't rely on their knees to skate? I mean, yeah, yeah no, just, just think about how much you rely on your knees to skate. You rely on your ankles, your knees, this and that. And for this guy to just roll back into the regular season and look like he hasn't really lost a step at all, it's pretty damn impressive. And I know modern technology is better than it was in the past. This isn't 91. This isn't 81. When if a guy had an ACL, things were quite different back in the day. Modern medicine, modern surgery, blah, 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 is better. And certain ways of rehabbing have, are probably better as well. But whatever Miko Cuevo did in the offseason, he did a hell of a job. And it's, it's spectacular. He's not a 100-point player. He's not a 60-point player at this stage of his career. He's had some good seasons. Obviously, he had a 71-point year back way back in uh, 9-10. Gosh, that was 10 years ago already. Sad. <laughs> 22 goals that year. Uh, one year, he was on his way to having a really strong season. That was 07-08, uh, back when I was doing YouTube videos. Guy was The guy would have had a career year, I think. I might have been his 80-point season if uh, Matthias Olin didn't slash him and break his leg. Very disappointing. 
Uh, he was on a hell of a pace. He eventually came back, and he was, you know, not as good. He wasn't as good because, obviously, the bone was still recovering during the course of the season. Bones take forever to heal. Even though they're healed, they still hurt like hell, and you're, you're not going to move as quickly. Though, again, Quavo is the type of guy who will tough his way through anything. Overall, awesome season at the end of the day for the aforementioned Quavo. Uh, but uh, you just look back and think, you reflect on his career and what he's done for this team. It, it's been awesome. Uh, they're talking about should they retire his number. I think that's kind of a no-brainer. I think they have to retire Miko Cuevo's number, even though you might think, again, he's not, you know, he's not Sidney Crosby. He's not, you know, Mike Madonna. He's not this guy. He's not that guy. And he wears Mike Madonna's number, which is kind of funny. Uh, back in the day, he wore 21, back when he was brand new. I remember the excitement of him coming over back in the day, too. You figured this guy could be one of the captains one day. He could be the captain of the team one day. And this and that. He has leadership skills way back in his early, early, early days in Finland. His numbers weren't so good, boy. It was like, uh-oh. But, I mean, over in Europe, the numbers are different. You're often going to get lower numbers than you're going to get in the NHL. Even though the NHL sometimes you think there isn't as much scoring as there was back in the 80s or whatever. But, uh, at the end of the day, Koivu has had a good, solid, awesome career for the Wild. And his comeback from this ACL has been pretty pretty remarkable. I think he's done a wonderful job and it's nice to see him basically as the same guy and in some ways you could say he's been a little bit better. Uh, His numbers haven't been great lately but he did get a 700th point in his 1000th game. It couldn't come at a better time and luckily at home and against the former North Stars. Not that anyone cares anymore about the Dallas Stars. Uh, Well, we, we care. I hate that they left. I wish the Wilds name was the Minnesota North Stars quite honestly. Even though the Minnesota Wilds logo has got to be the most unique logo in the NHL, if not all of professional sports. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful logo. A lot of people don't like the name very much. Um, I'll always cherish the North Stars. I always like the N with a star much more than stars. Or Now they have a D with a star around it. Not very exciting. Not at all. Uh, you might as well be like the Tennessee Titans with a T for your logo, even though there's artwork around the T. Yeah, wow. It's fantastic, right? Uh, but no, also the good news again, this also kind of reflected back in the Quavo's career circa maybe 07, 06. I don't think it was 06. That's way back. Uh, couldn't have been 06. It must have been 07, 08, around then. Back in my service days when I had the radio out. <laughs> I had the, you know, like, well, you could call it a boombox, but it's not that big with the radio out listening to a wild game. Minnesota was playing the Dallas Stars in Exhale Energy Center. Got to a shootout. Yeah, so obviously it's after 06, after that lockout. And Koivu came back after the lockout. That's why Minnesota, again, we put him in uh, in Houston that year because we saw the, they were still the Houston Arrows before they moved to Iowa. And uh, guys like Koivu, Bouchard, and such uh, went there and uh, improved during the course of that season. During the off seasons, rather than just kind of screwing around or having to go to Europe, they played in the AHL to kind of get close enough to the NHL and get ready. Why am I even getting into that? But no, Koivu, in that game against the Dallas Stars, scored on the backhand to win the shootout. It was an opportunity. He scores and we win. And of course, in this one, he ends up being the victor here by putting the puck in the net on the backhand. Now, of course, Alex Stilock had to make a save, and he did, luckily, at the end of the day. But a fitting night, a fun night for Miko Koivu. Definitely a uh, a beautiful day for him. He was uh, you, you got to see him smile, which he doesn't do all that often because he's a very serious guy. You got to see him smile and just kind of cherish the moment and appreciate the fans, which was pretty pretty damn cool. Uh, is this his last season in Minnesota? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Uh, 
<laughs> Would he take a discount? I don't know. It is what it is. He's not going to play forever. Like him or don't like him, he's not going to play forever. Obviously, he's, his value is crazy with the the, uh, the face-offs and such. Um, nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to win every face-off, but Koivu is the best face-off uh, center we've had in uh, the history of the Minnesota Wild, and he's up the charts there. Games played, uh, points and all that. Pretty damn spectacular. So, got to thank Miko Koivu and recognize him here and being the hero at the end of the day. Not only setting up that nice goal by Kevin Fiala, setting things up. He basically kept the puck in the zone, put the puck in the right place, right time for Kevin Fiala to slide the puck into the net, basically, from his skate. Not Again, not kicking it, but as he was sliding towards the net and deflected in off his skate. No kicking motion, and Fiala get his sixth goal of the year. And again, the backhand, the patented backhand, goal by Miko Koivu and luckily Corey Perry. The aging Corey Perry, former Anaheim Duck, and we'll talk about them in a bit in the second segment. Unable to get one in past uh, Alex Daylock. Minnesota secures a victory and a very touching, fun night. Minnesota versus Dallas. So, overall, mostly a Miko Koivu night at the end of the day as I pretty much made him the number one topic by far over the course of this uh, game review on December the 1st. Sunday, December the 1st. Starting December off with a nice start here. You head to Florida, you think, oh, great, the Florida two-step, and then you go to Carolina as well. Florida, Tampa, Carolina, that just reeks of a three-game losing streak. And the way Florida came out pounding the Minnesota Wild on Tuesday the 3rd, in front of about 5,000 people, yeah, not 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 impressive. Yeah, the image here, <laughs> you look around in Yahoo Sports, not the, not the current image. In fact, look at that scoreboard. That scoreboard looks like it's from the 90s or something, or maybe 2000-ish. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> there were not that many fans in the building. It was about 5,000 people, uh, maybe. I mean, it looked like Gophers versus uh, St. Saint- Lawrence, which the Gophers lost last year. Pretty disappointing crowd. In Florida, figured, oh, it's Florida. You know, maybe they're just late. Uh, no, they, 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 they never came. And it's a good hockey team. They score goals. They provide a lot of offense. Their goaltending stinks at the end of the day. Can't say the goaltender in the net in this particular night was that bad. Dregger wasn't that bad, but he wasn't that good either. Minnesota only mustered 25 shots in that. Uh, Florida dominated the puck the entire game, especially the first period especially the first trade. It looked like the Wild were dead. The uh, official attendance, the paid attendance, was 10,167. Oh, boy. Unfortunately, it sounds like Quebec City's never going to host an NHL team anymore. They say just the dollar doesn't add up for them. There's just not enough not enough money to be made there. But Florida, you think in Miami, Florida, they'd be doing okay? But how many Christmas, man? 10,167. Maybe you're not impressed with the Minnesota Wild and you'll get more excited if, say, cross-state Tampa comes in or... You know, Washington Capitals, blah, blah, blah. Pittsburgh, you know, you could go on forever. Vegas, Golden Knights, yeah. Fun team to watch. It looked like Florida was going to knock the Wild on their butts. It looked like it was going to be a 4-2, to 4-1 to one game, which I kind of predicted. I figured the Wild would score goals in this game. I did, but I figured Florida would too. But then you have Kapo Kakinen in net. Kapo Kakinen in net. The two goals he gave up weren't the best, especially the oh, the first one. You know, maybe not didn't have the best angle on it, but, you know, Come on. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to be there at the right place, right time, all the time. It was cool to hear Lou Nanny as the color commentator in this one, and it figures. You know how it's been kind of like a roving group of uh, color commentators now, which I think is fun. And, of course, the radio, as Bob Kurtz continues to age, that uh, you're having guys fill. And even Paul Allen's going to fill in on a couple of uh, roadies in March. Pretty crazy. Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, of course, on the radio. Um... (laughs) <laughs> kind of funny, but it figures of all places, 
Lou Nanny <laughs> would be the color commentator. Florida. You, you think? Yeah, and obviously, again, Lou Nanny, originally Canadian, Minnesota's this and that, former, even played for the Gophers in the early 60s, the North Stars, blah, 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 fixture in Minnesota. But he travels for business all the time, places like Chicago and then more exotic places like Florida and such, a little warmer climates and such. It's just figures of all places. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm in Florida. You know, I'll be in Florida during that time, so that's a good time to be uh, on the uh, on the air there, you know, there, eh? No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't quite talk like that, but uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, no, uh, kind of a scary start to this game. Florida, as I expected, the offense is there. The shot attempts are very much there. Cabo Kakinen just held his own. And now you're getting people on Minnesota Wild Global and such. Pablo uh, Bonnet, God bless you, uh, posting images of a star is born and all that. Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he is. And then people saying bleep and calm down. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not ready to call him a star yet, but I am, I am ready to say he's very much in the conversation for goalie of the future. Of course, of course. Uh, he's been developing for years in the system over in Europe. And then last year, very impressive season in the AHL. He was up and down a bit, but he'd have games where he would get shut out after shutout. He wound up with six last year, which is a franchise record for the Iowa Wild. Um, he hasn't gotten a shutout in the NHL yet, but clearly the guy has capabilities. He does. And it's exciting. It's exciting. It's okay to feel good. It's okay to feel good that you just might have the goalie of the future here, or at least a guy who's in contention for it. Uh, Matt Robson, things haven't gone quite as well, but uh, the other night, uh, uh, Biarbo didn't have a good night either just recently, unfortunately for him. Only 20 years old, Derek Biarbo, uh, developing in the AHL, replacing Kapo Kakinen as Kakinen is replacing Dubnik up here in the National Hockey League, with Stalock as being the starting goalie, Kakinen the backup. I would not mind one bit going into next season with these two guys as your goalies. At all. And it's not like Stanley Cup, here we come. But I mean, maybe, because you never know, but I'm just saying. I'm not thinking like Stanley Cup, here we come. I'm thinking, hey, you know, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with these two guys in that. It's not like we're going to be, you know, like 10 and 70 or something. You know, I mean, you know, 10, 65 and, and 8 or whatever the hell. I'm just messing around with the numbers here. St- <laughs> Uh, at the end of the day, uh, ten sixty-five seven. There you go. Happy now, uh, but no, <laughs> it's not like we're going to be horrible with these guys in net. Staylock can definitely hold his own. You might get a, be able to have a platoon with the two Staylock, getting into forty-five games, and then uh, cocking and filling in the difference. Who knows if somebody's hurt? Maybe you get another guy in there like Matt Robson for three or four games. You just don't know. Something like that. Kind of like what Cockinen might be doing this year: three or four games. But I kind of hope it's going to be more than three or four because uh, I, I I like what I see. He's not a perfect goaltender, but he's a darn good one. And he's 2-0 and so far this season. Zuccarello, uh, Zucker, originally, though, getting the turnover and just turning on the Jets. That was cool to get his 10th goal of the year. That was a hell of a play. Uh, in a game, again, that Florida had dominated Minnesota. Zucker, midway through the game, finally getting through there and putting in his 10th goal of the year. Not long after that, Zuccarello off of a, a tic-tac-toe type of goal there. Zucker, Hunt, and Zuccarello finishing things off with the finish. It was a tic-tac-toe type of play for the most part. Uh, Zuccarello only his fifth goal of the season, but still, right place, right time. And of course, uh, I think he's going to continue to climb up the charts slowly but surely for the Minnesota Wild. And Susie able to get his second goal of the season. And a gorgeous feed by Parisi. That was 
freaking cool. Victor Rask also a much needed point. Every time Victor Rask gets one, I'm like much needed point for Victor Rask. <laughs> oh, Victor, <laughs> was that his fifth point of the year? Oh, not too many points for Victor this year. But again, he's—it's not like he stinks out there. He's—he's he's been, you know, he's been better than a lot of people expected. That was only his fifth point of the season, though, in 18 games. But it's not like he's getting scratched every night because he's not. He's not. He was scratched at the beginning of the season a bit, but then when you notice, he—he's not bad. He's not bad out there. Uh, good for him. Unfortunately, uh, Mr. Uh, Spurgeon would take a puck off his glove. Most likely, as they're saying, there's a broken bone in his hand. They're saying about two weeks, which sounds kind of crazy. You think a broken bone in your hand, you're you're out for six to eight, right? But, well, it's hockey, and it must be in a place where maybe it's not a uh, like a, a complete break, more of a crack, and things can heal up. Uh as long as you're careful, dare we say careful in hockey, that's kind of the craziest thing. Because pucks are going to fly at you. But, I don't know, that's what happened to Zuccarello last year. It sucks when you have your arms or hands up in the way, your wrists up in the way in a, in a shot because bad things are going to happen. It's just a crying shame that things happen the way they did. Uh, Zuccarello, again, missed a ton of time because he had a broken wrist. The puck went right into his wrist last year when he just got to the Dallas Stars his first game. Zuccarello, hey, I'm going to be the tough guy and block the shot. Boom, you know. So, unfortunately, that's just how it goes. It sucks when it hits one of your limbs like that. Uh, at the end of the day, you wish it hits your side or your butt or something. You know, something like that to make your block. Or like a shin guard, something like that. Pray for the best there. Um, scary, scary stuff. Uh, but uh, per, uh, we're looking at maybe week to week, like two weeks. And we'll see what happens to Spurgeon after that. Again, Koivu, undisclosed injury, day to day. So... He did not return early in the third period, only 12.40 in minutes. So kind of like played fourth-line minutes. No, not really, but it shows up like that. Crazy to think Fiala was only out there for 12.40 as well. He had kind of limited time at the end of the day. Cunning, very nice game for him. He got 16 minutes, one of the leading forwards out there in terms of TOI, including Euler's uh, uh, act. Very, very solid performance. Cunning was active throughout the game. Eventually got rewarded with an empty netter. And this wasn't like a just a, a little skate to the net and just and just lay it in there type of goal. It was an uh, it was a shot from basically across the across the entire rink in the Minnesota zone, about from the blue line in the Minnesota zone. Jason's uh, Jason Soccer, Luke Cunning, putting the putt close to the net, close to the net, and it rolled in. Luckily, Florida unable to catch up to that one. Cunning with his <laughs> sixth goal of the year. Good for him at the end of the day. Feeling good for Cunning for that one. And hey, you know, like they say, if, if one way or another, if you're going to get a point, you're going to get a point. And again, a much-needed point for Jonas Brodeen. You're going to find a way to score. If it's empty net, it's better than nothing. If it's off your skate, off your butt, off your back, it's better than nothing. A goal's a goal. And Minnesota walks out of Florida with a 4-2 victory. Very impressive fashion. Fifth, uh, 48 shots, pardon me, pace for Capra Capricorn. And they actually brought it down to 46 for some reason. It was 48. Won up with 44 total saves. Save percentage, just about 96. Awesome performance by Capo Kakanen. And the two goals are the two goals, of course, because there was no overtime period. So far in two games, two goals allowed for Capo Kakanen. 95 save percentage. Awesome. And again, a 2-0 record. Because I have to hit the sneeze button there. But, whew, sorry, whew, that came out of nowhere. But, uh... <laughs> spectacular start to Kakanen's career. Not ready to call him a star yet, but uh, we'll see. Maybe there, there it is. A very good chance that he's the goalie of the future for Minnesota. Mike Madonna, award winner for the past week. I'm going to give it to Zach Parisi. 
Honorable mentions to Koivu and Kakanen. Absolutely, absolutely deserve to be mentioned. The Stalock was good, too. I mean, it's like, shoot, awesome week for Minnesota, 3-0. and And these are teams that Minnesota struggled against, even freaking Ottawa. Minnesota always had weird has had weird games against Ottawa, especially matinee games. You know, weird matinee games against teams you don't play very often. Those Eastern Conference teams you play twice a year. Weird things tend to happen. And Minnesota just came out and kicked some ass after a frustrating start. Anders Nilsson stopping everything, and then all of a sudden the floodgates open. Uh, but to beat Dallas, who we always struggle against, and Florida in Florida, that's not easy. We almost never win in Florida. So, awesome performance by Minnesota in that one. Uh, and again, great goaltending by Capo Kakinen. It could have easily been a blowout if Kakinen was not on his game and wasn't ready to go. This could have been a, well, it could have been a 6-3 to three type of game in, term, in favor of Florida with uh, some of the attempts they were getting and Kakinen really focused in after, uh, you know, kind of a mediocre start to the game in that first period. Awesome stuff. The uh, James Shepard Memorial, I mean, I don't know. Just just for the lack of production, lack of finding the net, lack of puck luck, Matt Dumba kind of a, I'm going to give it to him back-to-back weeks for that, but only that reason. I mean, I don't think he was that bad or anything. It's just still, the lack of production, it's just not there. It's strange. It's strange. I mean, you know, uh, Spurgeon and Dumba had both played 28 games up to this point, and Spurgeon's basically doubling him up. That's weird. So it's extremely frustrating to see that Dumba's not finding the back of the net whatsoever. Uh, so I'm going to have to give it to him in a very mild form. With that, we'll take a quick break. We're going to preview three games and look at the up-and-coming prospects for the Minnesota Wild. Segment number two, time to look at three games, starting with Tampa and moving on into Carolina and hosting the Anaheim Ducks. Hosting the Anaheim Ducks on Tuesday, a couple of days off. Hopefully after the Wilds continue a nice long win streak here. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, I have opinions on this week. We'll see. Should, should be okay. And then it's going to get super busy. Edmonton, Philly, Chicago, and Vegas. That'll be really fun. That'll be Those will be previewed on next week's show. As we get closer and closer to Christmas, I'm not in a huge rush for Christmas to come because I'd rather uh, enjoy Christmas season. You know, I, I like to enjoy it while it's here rather than just see it just wished away and then it's all over already, just like that. That kind of sucks. And then it's back to boring old normal again. Oy. Oh, well, <laughs> it, it is what it is, isn't it? Prospects continue to, eh, you know, improve. But now that we're doing it on a week to week basis, the numbers aren't going to be jumping up like they were. <laughs> before Minnesota heading to Tampa Bay tonight. Tampa Bay Lightning already there, I'm sure. Sixth place in the Atlantic Division, 13-9-3 record. Again, winning record, but way down there and would be missing the playoffs right now. Cooper there, I think, would be in trouble as a coach as things continue here. Uh, Curtis McElhaney, the former Carolina Hurricane, and others along the way. I've almost forgotten all the teams he's been on. He's been all over the place. Vasilevsky not having the kind of year he's been having in the past here. Kucherov, Led the league in scoring last year. Missed a few games so far. 10 goals, 20 assists. Still 30 points. I'd still take him. I'd still take him. Again, not having the spectacular year he was last season yet. Uh, bummer for my fantasy team because he was wound up there. He wound up there. Kevin Shattenkirk wound up there also. 
in the offseason after a not-so-great year with the uh, Washington Capitals. Victor Hedman, of course, spectacular. He's missed a few games, but he's just been incredible. They have a couple of really nice defensemen there, and Braden Point, obviously, he's missed some games. I mean, you've had injuries. You've had frustration. You've had this and that. The goaltending's not been the same. Uh, McElhenney, who was really good last year, but Carolina's been awful. Three and a half goals against, and Vasilevsky not far under uh, three goals a game. Both of them uh, uh, at point nine oh eight, <laughs> identical <laughs> save percentage for both of them. But McElhenney must have faced more shots in the amount of time he was out there. Um, kind of a frustrating season so far for Tampa Bay. They're nowhere near where they were. But maybe this is the year that they get in the playoffs with a, with a sixth seeds or something like that and win the Stanley Cup. Maybe that's what it's going to take rather than having that top record because the President's Trophy is a curse. Boston, though, they look like the team of destiny so far. I mean, they are on a mission. They are on a mission. After losing at home last year in Game 7 of the Finals, they're like, screw that, we're winning the Cup this year. And maybe, but unfortunately for them and unfortunately for the Minnesota Wild, who are having a great record uh, right now, no Stanley Cups have ever been won in December. So we got to keep waiting there. Tampa Bay again. I mean, I expect Minnesota to play well against this team. We've historically played well against the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. I wouldn't be surprised if the Wild come out with a victory in this one as well. Uh, Stalock will be a net. You won't get to see back-to-back games from Kakinen, which would be awesome. Uh, again, it's not back-to-back nights or anything either. So Tuesday to Thursday. Tampa Bay, boy, oh boy. Yep, they're just not where they were last year. They were like first, 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 first all over the league. They are third in the power play, which is really good. Just under 29%. They are 11th in goals against, which is actually not as bad as it looks. It's crazy. A lot of goaltenders are not having good seasons right now. They're 10th in goals for, because obviously the offense is there. Their penalty kill is 21st, so if the Wild can get on the power play, hopefully we can take advantage of that situation. That would be great. Again, a talented, talented, talented team that could win the Stanley Cup. you got two defensemen that are spectacular. Steven Stamkos, who's been a, you know, a franchise player who didn't play like one when they got to the finals years ago against the Blackhawks in... I believe that was 2015, right? Yeah, 2015. They lost the cup final to the uh, Blackhawks, unfortunately, for Tampa. Stamkos just did not show up in that series. But uh, since since then, he's had his moments. He's missed time. He's been good. He's missed time. Kucherov emerged and kind of took over, in a sense, as the overall star offensively. Uh, Victor Hedman and Kat, uh, Shattenkirk, though, I mean, no reason why Tampa shouldn't be a playoff team. It's crazy to see them struggling a little bit, but a lot of teams are struggling. Montreal, Toronto, blah, blah, blah. Same old story there. Detroit's way down, uh, you know, but, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, at the end of the day, Tampa Bay is only two points away from second place. They're just two points behind Florida, who's not the strongest second place team in the league. And Tampa also has several games in hand. Two games in hand versus Florida and three games in hand versus the first place and best team in hockey right now, the Boston Bruins. Best team by far, I think. I think they I think they beat the Capitals easily in a series right now. Easily. Uh, the goal differential is ridiculous in Boston. Minnesota, I think we're going to win this game. I think we're going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, believe it or not. Uh, we've matched up well with them. We've just played well. I, if it's a 2-1 to one type of a close game, or 4-2, to two or something like that, I think Minnesota is going to come out and win this thing. Something along the likes of 3-2. to two. Most likely guy to score... For the Minnesota Wild against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, 
can I say Matt Dumba? Matt Dumba, you're ready. Come on, let's go. Matt Dumba, scoring against the Tampa Bay Lightning. He'll get his fourth goal of the season, finally, in his 10th point. Matt Dumba is finally going to find the back of the net. I thought he was going to have a two-goal game against somebody this this week. I'm going to pick Florida. I'm going to, nope, no, I'm not. I've got another team that he's going to score against. I've got another team. We'll leave this alone. We're going to go with Parisi. Uh, we're going to ride the, the hot hand here. I can see Parisi continuing his, his, his uh, strong, strong play, his 13th goal of the season against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Minnesota actually wins the game 3-2 to two against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So let's move forward here. For the sake of time, Saturday the 7th, the Carolina Hurricanes. All right. Yep, 6 p.m. our time here, Central Time, for those of us in the Twin Cities. Some of you might be from Australia or New Zealand. Maybe maybe Vince Germano or uh, Tanae Brown are listening. There's some, there's a, uh, yep, there's a few Australians listening to this show, which is so freaking cool. Uh, can't thank Benny Allen enough for also for listening along the course of time and passing it on to others out there. So maybe some Canadians are listening. Who knows? Maybe somebody in uh, North Carolina is listening. That would be kind of cool. If you are, let me know. <laughs> Facebook or Twitter. Okay, well, I don't think the Wild are going to beat the Carolina Hurricanes. This has been very... This matchup has just never worked out. And again, we lost to them recently. They have a goalie platoon going on there. James Reimer, the Florida former former Panther. He's been around the league. Mrazek, the former uh, Detroit Red Wing. Andrei Svechnikov is actually leading the club in scoring this year. All these Russians are taking over, boy. And you know what? Good for them. They're doing great. Hopefully the Minnesota Wild have a, a certain Russian player taking over as well, leading us in scoring. A guy by the name of Kirill Kaprizov in the 2021 uh, season. Pray to God there isn't a big lockout. Eric Holler, this is where he wound up with his uh, former teammate Nino Niederreiter, former and now current again teammate Nino Niederreiter. Uh, Nino not having the year that he had last year. And I didn't think he would. I didn't think he would. Uh, Victor Rask is halfway to Nino right now with five points. Nino's got ten. And Nino's played ten more games than uh, uh, Victor Rask. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's getting closer. <laughs> I'm just being hopeful, right? Just being hopeful. Very talented team. Uh, the goaltending's been solid. I mean, Mrazek and Reimer at about, each of them, about two and a half goals a game, a little over that. Uh, Reimer's been a little better, about 92% save percentage, not bad at all. And he did well against Minnesota recently. Mrazek just at about 90, but he has a couple shutouts on the air, so he's been kind of hot and cold. He's been getting the, the most of the games. He's 11-6, and six, is Mrazek. So Reimer's been a little snake bit with some of the shots he's had to face, but he's been good. He's been good, generally speaking. Uh, five and five on the season for Reimer. I wouldn't be surprised if he's right back at net again. Uh, Marzik is one of those guys, though, where he could get a, he could be spectacular and he could get beat a bit. So that's the hope. There's always the kind of hot, cold guy, and then there's the stable guy um, at this stage. Uh, Svechnikov, though, what a nice emergence for him. 29 points, uh, over a point a game for him. Dougie Hamilton, the former Calgary Flame, has been awesome. That's looking like a better trade for Carolina than it was a year ago with uh, Lindholm, the way he was dominating for the uh, Calgary Flames last year. Dougie Hamilton, always a good player for them, but 28 points on the year. Defenseman Dougie Hamilton, he's just been awesome. Plus 15 on the year. Sebastian Aho down a little bit, but still leading the club in goals. And i got to think things will kind of uh, even out a bit over the course of time for him, along with Trevor uh, Tevo Trevenin, oh my god, that guy's an awesome player. Oh, I would kill to have a guy like that on my team. And against Sebastian Aho is a guy that I could have had just like 9 million other players. Just, you know, it just always winds up that way, doesn't it? Uh, always. Jordan Stahl, again, Eric Stahl's brother, way, way down there, only 7 points. Much more of a quote-unquote role player, fourth-line type of guy in the NHL, where his brother's been more of a top-line type of guy for many years. Eric Stahl, the former 
Carolina Hurricane. Most likely guy to score in this game will be Eric Stahl. Isn't that the lamest thing ever? Yeah, but he will. I think Eric Stahl is going to score against his former team, but Minnesota is not going to win. I'm expecting a 4-2 loss to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, at the end of the day. I just think they're, they're, they're obviously they're a very good team. And Minnesota's not going to win every game this week. They're just not. Uh, I don't think we're going to go on a huge, long winning streak. And if we do, so be it. And good. I'm glad I was wrong. You know, that type of thing. That'll be my vibe uh, at the end of the day. But it's just not been a good matchup. Even when Carolina stunk, it's not been a good matchup for this team. Just like Florida, I was wrong about that. Hell, do you think I'm complaining right now that the Wild came out and beat Florida 4-2 to after facing four, uh, 46 shots with the rookie goaltender? Pretty freaking cool. So maybe Kakadin will be in net and the Wild get the victory. I wouldn't actually be surprised if Kakadin was in net for uh, Carolina. And then uh, we go back with Stalock on Tuesday. So Stalock will get like a pretty strong, pretty, pretty long break there. Thursday to Tuesday break. Get back in the net, which I think is wise for any coach to do. You can't put the same goalie in all the time like we did with Dubnik for so freaking long. That's why the guy's burnt out now and he's not as good anymore. That's what happened to Nicholas Baxter. But that happened to the, you know, you could go on for Jonathan Quick. I mean, you put him in net every night, they're going to burn out, and they're going to be done by, like, 32-33. That sucks. Shouldn't ever happen. Or they get traded, and they step up a little better somewhere else because different surroundings and different players and different frustrations and all that. Some of the frustrations you might have with certain guys that you're kind of keeping your mouth shut and not saying, but once you leave, it changes. Whew. Most recently, Boston just beat Carolina 2 nothing. Impressive. Wow, they're good. Oh, Boston's amazing. Boston is amazing. I uh, I forgot to look at some of these. I usually look at the last five games and such. Carolina will play San Jose and before they play the Minnesota Wild two days before there, so it's not a back-to-back situation for the Carolina Hurricanes. Most recently lost to Boston. They've actually lost three out of their last five. They lost to the Rangers in Nashville. Three nothing to Nashville. Ugh, Nashville's not that good right now. They beat Detroit, no surprise, two nothing on the twenty-fourth, and then. Uh, they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Carolina Panthers, that is, on Carolina Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes. Crap, where's Cam Newton? Not going to be with the Panthers anymore either. Carolina Hurricanes defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning in Tampa, which I think the Wild will do as well coming up tonight. But lost to Carolina, in my humble opinion. Let's move forward. Anaheim Ducks, couple days off. Tuesday the 10th at home in the safe, happy confines of Exit Energy Center. Minnesota Wild versus the Anaheim Ducks, who are 500 and in last place of the Pacific Division, which is a good, solid, strong division. Kind of mediocre in every category. Uh, the goaltending's been good for the most part. Kind of middle of the road, though, at the end of the day. They don't score a whole lot of goals. 23rd in the league. The power plays 29th are the Ducks. 22nd on the penalty kill, and they get a ton of penalty minutes as well. 29th in the league there. They get a ton. Uh, so it is what it is. John Gibson, obviously a good, strong goalie who has... Uh, not had the best year at the end of the day. Uh, Ryan Getzloff has, has been hitting his milestones. He's kind of the Koi Vu of the Anaheim Ducks, this current version of the Ducks. They've had a lot of great players over the years. The Corey Perry Perrys, and obviously had Paul Correa back in the day, Timo Solani. But uh, the current group, uh, Ryan Getzloff is the Koi Vu of them. Rickard Raquel, who uh, a lot of people uh, compared to uh, Ularks and X game to. Would love to see 19 points in 28 games from Eulerk uh, tonight, but it's not happening at the moment, unfortunately. Just kind of is what it is. Ricard Raquel, second in scoring. Uh, Hampus Lindholm, who again was taken right before uh, Matt Dumba, or was it right after? Right around that point. 12 points on the year. Another defenseman who's been adequate, but not great. But he's outscoring Dumba so far. 
I think the Wild win this game. Uh, you you got to. You, you got to beat the Anaheim Ducks. They're not that good. They don't score a whole lot of goals. Uh, goaltending's mediocre at best. This would just be a crappy loss. I think if we're serious about getting back in the playoff hunt, you got to win this game. But if you're tanking, which they're not, obviously. They're not tanking. Uh, some of us want them to tank so we can get a, a high draft pick and maybe things will wind up that way anyway. Who knows what's going to happen tonight? You don't know what's going to happen tonight. Uh, how things can, uh, you know, have a domino effect. Let's just leave that alone. I'm not wishing anybody injury or anything, but you don't know what's going to happen. Spurgeon getting hurt was not a good thing. It's, uh, you know, it might hurt the Wild's chances of, of winning in Tampa or in Anaheim or hosting Anaheim, whatever, winning these games. Only one shutout on the year for John uh, John Gibson, the former actor. No, I'm kidding. Ryan Miller, he's ancient. He's been around forever. He's been a good, solid backup, but again, is he, though? He's been good against us. <laughs> John Gibson's been good against us, too. That's where I think the Wild would lose. It's either one of those goalies gets hot, obviously. Anaheim doesn't score a whole lot of goals, but once, once in a while, Gibson or Miller, either one of them, just shuts us down, and it's one of those awful, like, Two to nothing, two to one type of games. It's boring as hell, and again, Anaheim is solid defense uh, as well. Physical brand of hockey. They're they're a fairly physical, solid team. <clears throat> it doesn't score a whole lot like they used to back in the day, but they've always been pretty physical though. Just way, way, way back when they had the speedsters like Korea and Solani and such, um, they scored more often back in those days. Uh, Minnesota's going to win the game two to one, three to two, three to one type of game. Maybe we get an empty netter. And the guy that will score his fourth goal of the season if he hadn't scored against Tampa or uh, Carolina will be Darkwing Dumba. Darkwing Dumba. He's going to score a goal against the Anaheim Ducks. He's done it before, and he's going to do it again. Darkwing Dumba is going to score. Like, he's Darkwing Duck. I know. I'm just messing around. That's kind of my nickname I give him. He is going to score his uh, at least his fourth goal of the season and his 10th point if uh, something hadn't happened between now and then. And I hope it does. I hope it's his freaking sixth goal. Uh, something like that. But I think Dumba will find a way to get it done. Maybe an overtime goal. Maybe he'll he'll explode to the net like defensemen with speed uh, are want to do in overtime uh, three-on-three uh, periods. So Minnesota wins the game 3-2, to 3-1, to one, that type of thing at the end of the day. And uh, Minnesota's 2-1 and one and hanging on and maybe, uh, maybe hanging on to a wild card spot. We'll see at the end of the day. Let's look at those prospects and players in the AHL. And, as per usual, we will open things up with the AHL. Iowa Wild not been playing so great of late. They've been struggling, been giving up goals. Again, remember last week, Robson gave up seven goals in a game. That was nasty. They haven't been playing a whole lot. Brendan Mendel continues to climb up the charts. Will he get called up? We haven't heard anything yet. They're talking about uh, a possible shot, getting uh, right right shot getting called up, or Sealer getting some playing time to move uh, maybe Brad Hunt around. Uh, whatever. But, I mean, Brad Hunt's already playing right side. So, it kind of is what it is there. It's a tough situation. Maybe Hunt moves up. Yeah, then Sealer comes in. Susie remains. It's a weird combination. I almost think you have to call up a right shot, though. You have to call up a right shot because everybody's left. You only have two right shots on the roster right now. And uh, yay. Otherwise, Greg Pattern just slides right in. I don't, I'm not hearing them doing that, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's the case. Oh, God. I don't really... Not really excited about it. Uh, not a whole lot of excitement in Iowa, though, the past few days. Nico Sturm's at 11 points on the season, 6 goals. Belpedio's stuck at 8 points. He's been there forever after a strong start to the season. Uh, Brennan Mendel, though, now tied with Mayhew and, and uh, Sam Onnes for leading the club in scoring 19 points, 17 assists. Just a power play quarterback out there. Brennan Mendel, love his game. And <clears throat> a lot of people want to see him called up, him or Belpedio. 
Menel's been the hot hand. If you want to go with that and see what happens, I think Menel could uh, fill right in for Spurgeon at this moment. I mean, not literally, obviously. He's not as good as Spurgeon right now. Uh, maybe someday he will be, but I love Brennan Menel's game. I, I really do. Belpedio's a minus six. Menel's a plus two. Uh, again, with Iowa having a couple of nasty losses lately, not many players are pluses right now. Maybe he was just a plus one. Menel's a plus two. Uh, Bill Biden, uh, Will Biden's a plus two. Bill Biden, well, yeah. Uh, Ad, Josh Atkinson, the defenseman there, is a little little bit of a veteran from Spruce Grove, Alberta. Twelve, or he's a plus two with only six assists on the season. Sokolov has not seen any action. Pattern got in one game, was a plus. Nope, he had uh, he got a couple penalty minutes. Yay! I'm not excited about Greg Pattern coming back. I'm really not. And I don't think many people are at this stage. It's no offense or anything, but. Yeah, uh, Derek Barbo again. Couple couple games since the last show, he's allowing three goals a game. He's won one and lost one. Uh, yeah, not the most impressive uh, showing for this club lately. Robson's had a couple of nasty games here: five goals and seven goals. And his goals against average is now two point six eight. He's nowhere near where he was. Save percentage is point nine oh seven now. Disappointing. Derek Barbo right about eighty eight percent save percentage. Not been a good start for his uh, young twenty year old career. <clears throat> so. Best of luck there, hoping for <clears throat> improvement. But uh, things have not been so great in Iowa lately, unfortunately. Uh, guys like Mayhew, Anas, and Menel just continue to lead the way. Dumont's had a couple of good games, along with Luke Johnson, who's just kind of getting going after recovering from injury there. He's got five points in only five games. That's good. Good for him. Luke Johnson may be one of those fourth-line type of guys you could call up and uh, give him a shot from Grand Forks, North Dakota. Luke Johnson's had his moments here and there. He's played 15 games in the National Hockey League. One assist thus far. He's had a solid minor league career. He was a fifth-round pick for the Hawks back in 2013. I can't believe how long ago 2013 is already. But uh, other than that, though, it's not been so hot there in Iowa lately. The goaltending's not where it was. The scoring is not ha just not happening. It's, uh, I don't know, not very exciting lately, unfortunately. Prospects, yeah, not as exciting couple weeks here. Matt Boldy stuck at two points. Just, ah, you know, he's struggling in Boston College in his first 13 games of his collegiate career. But, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of blue chips have done that. First off, off to a better start. Only 18 years of age. First off, a left wing. Left shot, left wing. We have 9 million of those, but he might end up being a good one. Second round pick for Paul Fenton this past summer. <clears throat> Nine points so far for the University of Connecticut, which, you know, not, not bad. Not a bad start to his young career. Hunter Jones is off to a strong, solid start to his, uh, you know, strong, solid start to his season. He's had a couple of shutouts. He's been strong. Actually, one shutout, and he's had a lot of strong games. 17-3. Uh, and three. He's got a good team in front of him. 17-3 and three on the season. That is awesome. Awesome start to his, uh, his uh, you know, his young career there. OHL, obviously, heading to Minnesota one day. And uh, Marshall Warren. Marshall Warren, four points still. He's stuck at four points, but again, not bad for a uh, potentially offensive defenseman. Boston College, Jack McBain, uh, seven points. Yeah, uh, Boston College, not... I don't even think they played this weekend, honestly. I don't even think they played last week. Actually, now that I come back to that, they actually didn't. That's why nothing's changing, and uh, that's just how it goes. Um, Ivan Lodney had 27 points on the season. He has been so strong for the Niagara Ice Dogs. Love it. Again, just stay healthy. Last year, he had that shoulder injury, which kept him out for a long time. It was frustrating, uh, but he's been wonderful. 
he's been wonderful, especially since going to Niagara. He's been above a point a game, and he's, again, about two points a game almost in Niagara. Awesome uh, awesome run for uh, Ivan Lanya, future right winger for Minnesota. Again, guy who'd probably have to be in the top two lines. We'll see. And Kovanov has just been absolutely ridiculous for the Montcon Wildcats. Montcon, Montcon Wildcats. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. 45 points in 23 games. 19 of them goals. Plus 28. Wildcats are having a good run. I mean, they've gotten deep in the playoffs the past couple of years. Uh, Kovanov was a point a game in the postseason last year for them. Uh, just been one of the stars over there. Again, it's the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. It's not the AHL. It's not the NHL. But hey, you know, if if you you know, some great players have come from the QMJHL and have uh, been spectacular. They've had their hundred point seasons down there, uh, down up there, I should say, because that's Canada. But. Uh, <laughs> in Canada, for crying out loud. So I guess you could say up there. Um, <clears throat> and they come to the NHL, next thing you know, they end up having a very, very, very productive, if not an awesome NHL career at the end of the day. Sweeney and and Co. did not have a very good weekend against the uh, top team in the nation, the uh, Mankato State University Mavericks. Um, as <laughs> Mankato State, Minnesota. Yeah, they are a tough club. Obviously, Mankato State... Uh, Duluth did not get the win at home. Not a lot of people at the game because the snowstorm was much worse there than it was here. There was, we got snow here and it was slippery as bleep because it was a lot of slush and then eventually ice. The slush is slipperier than the ice, though. I'm telling you, that is dangerous stuff. It's like a, yeah, it's like a banana. It's like a banana, you know, just it's mush. It's mush versus ice. Ice is dangerous and it's got that sudden jerk like that where you feel like you're going to fall over. But that, but that slush where you're literally stepping on mush that just. Ugh, it's disgusting. It's like a banana. Okay, so anyhow, Nick Sweeney did add a point, thankfully. He's at eight now on the season. Third goal of the season for Nicholas Sweeney in 11 games so far for the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, the two-time defending national champs. Uh, you know, again, it's just like <laughs> nothing too exciting right now. This is the time of year when it's eventually we're going to get into what I call Christmas break. They call winter break. I call it Christmas break for a lot of the college uh, students, college players. We're not quite there yet, but uh, <clears throat> the Gophers had one of the worst weeks ever. Frickin' North Dakota, 93 loss, unwatchable garbage, depressing. And then you end up losing 3-2 the next day, get zero points over North Dakota. North Dakota's chances of getting to the Frozen Four are super high. Uh, I don't think Duluth's going to three-peat, but I guess you never know. Uh, nobody's done it, so we'll see if Duluth can pull it off. I, I doubt it. But they did go to the game three times in a row, the final game. I don't think Mankato's going to win anything. They never have, but maybe they will. Maybe they will, finally. Uh, Sam Henches, again, a guy playing on a struggling uh, St. Cloud State Club. They're at only 12. Uh, he's only played in 12 games this year and 18 points. Very, very productive. He's only a zero, though. He was a plus 14 last year. And again, that reflects on how North Dakota is just not as good this year. Or North Dakota, excuse me, St. Cloud State is just not as good this year, unfortunately. Um, we could look at Kabrizov, even though it's a tease for the moment. But he's not that far away anymore. That's the great news. Thank God in heaven. <laughs> who, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for Coppers. Uh, my goodness, my goodness. 30 points in 31 games. He's actually at a slower pace than last year. No, 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 he's ahead of last year, pardon me. Yeah, no, he's slightly ahead of last year, and he's scoring at a pretty good pace, 16 goals on the season in 31 games, 30 total points. He's a plus 10. Last year, he's a plus 34. Maybe the team's in CSKA Moscow, which is not as good. And, of course, the pressure is always on. They had those big playoff runs 
19 games back-to-back seasons. Big, huge playoff runs for uh, CSKA Moscow in what will hopefully be his final season there and uh, heading into Minnesota in April would be freaking awesome. Maybe if the Wild make the playoffs, Kirill Kaprizov will be playing left wing for Minnesota. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't that be a happy, happy time for all of us? Uh, we'll, we'll look at Sadek and Boca. Yep, our little ECHL American, uh, Allen Americans, pardon me. Allen, Texas. Six points so far. Uh, first goal of the season for Jack Sadek this, this past week in 20 games now so far. Six points for Sadek. So he's getting some points. But again, ECHL, we'll see. It's it's a long climb to the NHL from the ECHL. Boca added his fifth assist as well this past weekend. He's a plus five for Allen. Not bad. Not bad. Nick Boca and yeah, both of them from Minnesota. Nick Boca's from Plymouth, Minnesota. Former Michigan. No, Plymouth, Michigan. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Um, former Michigan Wolverine. So, yep, he played for his home team, which I figured as much. Like, he's not from Minnesota. Sadik is from Lakeville, Minnesota, just like... Uh, Neil Nakedog thesing, my goodness. Uh, every time I see that, I get emotional a little bit. Lakeville, Minnesota, I always think of Neil Nakedog thesing. Again, former uh, co-host of this show who passed away on February 7th, 2018. God rest his soul forever and ever and ever. Um, yeah, mm. Jack Stadick. I don't think they knew each other, of course. Uh, pretty good age difference about Neil would be, what, about 35 now, right? So, yeah, no, 34. He'd be 34. Stadick's only 22 pretty big difference in age, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes you bump into each other, I guess. You never know. <laughs> Six points in the season, though. Nice to see Stadig after a super slow start, kind of picking things up. Maybe he'll wind up in uh, Iowa at some point. There's just so many pl- There's just so many spots in Iowa that are just, there's, there's no openings. You know, I mean, there's just too many players there uh, kind of hogging all those positions. God bless them. I'm not trying to rip on them for being there. I mean, they're, you know, they're, some of them are a lot of them are veterans, 25, 26-year-old guys. They're, they're, they're trying their best, and they're, they're veteran leaders. They can help some of these young guys as well. would be nice to see Sadek get a spot, though, at some point, hopefully later this season or next season in the AHL, and then maybe maybe he can uh, continue to reach to his dream. But ECHL is a tough place to get too far, unfortunately. Um, Sokolov has just been getting scratched and scratched and scratched and scratched. It's just a waste. I don't know why they're not even putting him out there, but... I get it to a point. He's just, it's not working out, and it's such a damn shame. Only five games for AHL, two games in the ECHL thus far. For a guy that I had some high hopes on, because the skill's there, but is the is the work ethic there? That's been the complaint for the right shot, the right winger, uh, Dimitri Sokolov. That was the hope, but so far, not so good, I guess, for him. 21 years of age, still got his whole life ahead of him. Would love to see him uh, somehow, some way turn it around and, and uh, get to where it needs to be, but so far it just has not happened for the uh, aforementioned Dimitri Sokolov. With that, we'll look to wrap things up. I posted on the Facebook page. I don't think there was any response, so we'll leave that alone for now. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. I need to be more active on the social media for this show. That's probably why I not, not a whole lot of response. Uh, I get responses when I actually post things and, and tweet and all that stuff, so I need to be more active on Twitter. It's fun to get on there. And of course, Minnesota Wild Global. We'll give them a shout out here in a second. And MNW Prospects. Love the Minnesota Wild community on Facebook. Love you guys so much. Love you. Oh. But at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Give that a follow. Facebook.com forward slash, we'll say MNW players, MNW prospects, prospects, it used to be players, just prospects. Look that up, look that up, join it. A lot of you have out there. Maybe some of you listening are 
are, have been there for a long time, and uh, others are joining it right now as I'm talking to you, possibly. A wonderful page to keep up with the prospects and the entire NHL roster, but prospects especially. We look at a lot of the guys, because especially right now, you want hope. You want a Nico Sturm to break through. You want a Belpedio, Brennan Mendel to break through. That's what you want. Who's going to be the next hero for this team? Obviously, Kaprizov, guys like that. You were hope, we were hoping for Stockholm. That's why I talk about them a lot, and that's why I'm very proud to be a member of MNW Prospects, one of the admins, but mostly the show kind of bringing the information to you on here and uh, encouraging you to join that page. That's mostly my role at this stage, encouraging you to join MNW Players. There will be a link in the show description. MNW Prospects. I keep calling it Players. Prospects. Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. And then there's the Brave the Wild uh, Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. I had to put the dot Minnesota because Brave the Wild was taken in the past by a page that probably doesn't even exist, which is annoying, but it is what it is. Probably something uh, environmental or something. Imagine that. I mean, Brave the Wild. <laughs> it is what it is. Please like that page and comment. would be greatly appreciated. Uh, when I'm more active on there, a lot of you do comment, so I need to be more active. I deeply apologize. I really do. I apologize. And Minnesota Wild Global, huge shout-out to Scott Cavendish, who started that out. Uh, kind enough to allow me to post links to Brave the Wild on that page, encouraging some of those people to join, uh, well, you know, listen to the Brave the Wild show, and yeah, comment with all of us, you know, enjoy that page. In-game threads, great conversation. Scott Cavendish, uh, Pablo Bonnet's a big member of that one. He's an admin of that page. Matthew Back out there. Uh, Max as well. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you very much. I'm Eric Skybaugh. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Great conversation. MNW uh, prospect uh, members of Minnesota Wild Global as well. Of course, Chance Costic, David Costic. Love you guys very much. They are uh, <laughs> they are in-laws for my brother there and big-time hockey fans. Too bad my brother's not all that into hockey, but uh, uh, Chance and David Costic very much so. David Costic, father-in-law of my brother and brother-in-law of my brother. So we're all all, uh, all related there. Uh, love Minnesota Wild Global. Thank you again, Scott Cavendish, for getting that started and bringing uh, a lot of those uh, former members of Minnesota Wild Hardcore over uh, to uh, keep things rolling, keep things rolling in a positive direction. Would uh, appreciate very much if anybody out there listening who hasn't done this yet could write a positive review for Brave the Wild on either uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Can't thank you enough for those of you that have already. But if you could do that, it would be greatly appreciated. I'll give you a shout-out and mention you on the air, and thank you very much. And uh, Thank you very much when that does happen. And with that said, wishing all of you a uh, continued Merry Christmas season. Also, oh yeah, I better give a, one final thing, audio submission. If you'd like to get on the air with me, which would be great, here in a fan interaction segment, in segment two, or if it's big enough, I'll create a third segment like I do on Timberwolves Explosion and Purple Mafia. Uh, there's no phone line anymore. We're going to eliminate that and just go to audio submission, which I highly, highly, highly recommend, obviously. Uh, simply use the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, or if you have a laptop, desktop uh, with a uh, USB microphone and use a, you know aud- uh, editing software like Audacity or something, editing slash recording software, record it, save it, and send it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Again, same thing if you have a, uh, if you use it for you with your smart device with the free voice recording application. Simply press record, treat it like a phone call, stop, and then again, email it to Paladino Live 
at yahoo.com. Greatly appreciate that in advance. I'd love to hear from you if humanly possible. That would be freaking awesome. Uh, I will then uh, convert the file if need be, if it's an M4A or something, which in a couple seconds with uh, Zamzar or Converto.com. Those two websites provide a pre-service if it's a small enough file, which those are usually uh, free, well, every time so far. So I'm more than happy to give them a free plug for providing that pre-service. Makes my show better. If anybody does get on air, I, I want to hear from you out there. Anybody out there would be great. Talk a little hockey, comment about Koivu, Kakinen, Dubnik, whatever it is. Obviously, Parisi, Brennan Mennel. Oh, I'd love to hear about you. Uh, love to hear from you. And, of course, you know, it's worldwide. I mean, anybody from the Czech Republic, hint, hint, Canada, wherever, it's as free as it can be. You know, it's a free voice recording application. You just send it, send it, email it to me at paladinolive at yahoo.com, and I'm ready to roll. With that said, got that out of the way. Can't wait to hear from you in advance. God bless all of you. I hope you have a good week, and go wild. Keep it coming.